Locally made, naturally delicious. Let's get biblical. God, the omnipotent ruler of heaven and earth, breathed into dirt the breath of life. Here's Bruce the Theologian on The Elijah Har Show. Well, it's Tuesday, which means we're going to jump into the Bible with Bruce the Theologian. But before we do, question of the day, what is something that in your lifetime you have changed your position on? Changed my position on? Um, well, if we're keeping it theological, um, I've changed my position on baptism. I, I, well, I was, I was raised, born and raised in a uh, Reformed uh, Baptist context, but now I'm a Presbyterian. So that's a pretty decent theological change. I, I am convinced by what's something called a, a covenant theology. Um, and also, as a result of that, um, I believe in baptizing infants, in which I didn't. Ten years ago, I didn't believe that. So that's a change theologically. Um, on something maybe lighter-hearted and maybe not serious, um, I don't watch sports as much as I used to. Um, uh, it just doesn't. As, as a kid uh, and as a young adult, I would watch every Super Bowl, I'd watch every World Series, I'd watch every NBA championships that came about. But as a, as an adult, I've just um, my interest in those things have diminished, and um, I just don't see them as consequential as I once did. Is that just because they don't have an impact on your life? I mean, whoever wins the Super Bowl, like you wake up the next day and nothing's changed. True. For, I think if you're, a, I mean, if you're a hardcore fan, you know, if your team wins the Super Bowl, you're excited about it. But um, I guess the, the, the problem for, for uh, sports, and I played a lot of sports growing up as a kid, uh, organized sports. Cricket? Um, uh, I did play cricket. Yes, yeah. of course you did. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, I guess if you're sitting there watching the Super Bowl, there's nothing you can do to change the results or have any impact on anything that's going on. So I think as you get older maybe you consider that and yeah the, the lack of um the lack of involvement of of um watching organized sports on television doesn't uh, doesn't capture my interest though i will say that um i played a lot of golf growing up and i still play golf occasionally um i do watch the like the masters i watch that every year that's probably the one thing that i will watch every year if i if i'm available to all right Mm-hmm. What happens when you die? That's the question of the day. Yeah, that's uh, that's the kind of the conversation we're going to have today. Um, well, when you die, uh, your soul separates from your body. That's pretty universal. Uh, most people uh, would consider that universal. Um, for the Christian, their um, their soul goes to heaven, um, and for the non-Christian, uh, their soul goes to hell. Um, but um, primarily what we could talk about is that uh, when the when the Christian dies or when anyone dies, they go into what's known as the intermediate state. So their their body lies in their grave, in their coffin. Um, and uh, as the Westminster, I'm a Westminster Confession guy, as a Presbyterian, uh, the Westminster Confession says that your body lies in your grave as if you were asleep, um, but your soul is in heaven. Um, and then for the non-Christian, the Westminster Confession says that the the body lies uh, in the grave as if it was in prison to await the final judgment in hell. Huh. So, yeah, interesting. Um, what? Why? Why the difference? What's the difference there? I guess. Like, why? Why does it matter what's happening with your body after you die? 
in the sense you mean like at the resurrection yeah or? because don't aren't, don't we get a new body we do in the new heaven and new earth we get we get a we were we, our soul is united with our body some souls are united with their body for heaven uh and the new heaven and the new earth so do you believe mm-hmm. the body that's in the ground is actually the body that's raised up absolutely or? yeah a, re- oh. no, a restored body you know a, a fully functioning non-diseased and uh, the bible says the body is imperishable um when it's reunited with the soul for the christian um, I guess if for someone like me, I had um, surgery on my spine earlier this year, um, and the titanium that is in my spine, um, I will make the assumption that it will no longer be there in the resurrection because it won't be needed. That's super interesting. I wonder, you know, I guess this is is as never occurred to me. I've always just assumed there would be a brand new generated body. I didn't realize. So when the body turns to dust, it'll still regenerate. It's reconstituted. Interesting. Yeah. That's what, that's, uh, and this is not really kind of, we plan on talking about this or anything, but that's why um, traditionally Christians have been very much against uh, cremation um, because cremation is um, purposefully destroying uh, the image of the living God. It's destroying. It's destroying a human body, as opposed to preparing it, embalming it, putting it in a. You think you oven. think cremation is is. I'm not going to say it's morally wrong. I would I would be uncomfortable with uh, advising someone to cremate because you are you are willfully um, disturbing um, uh, a human body, which is created in the image of the living God. Purposefully. So I know you hate when I do this because I run mm-hmm. off on rabbit. Oh, trails. you're fine. Let's go down a rabbit trail. It's fine. Tattoos. Hmm? Do you have a moral objection to them? Are you defacing the temple of God? Uh, no, I don't have a moral objection. I think there's something in Deuteronomy about tattoos, um, and I don't know the reference. I, I wouldn't say there's a moral objection. I think probably my objection to tattoos might be it's more. It can be more of a social hindrance. Um, the new uh, the new Bucky's that opened down there on I-44 will not hire anyone with visible tattoos. So I think there there is a, a standard that either corporate America sets or society sets. If a person is all tattooed up, it may hinder their advancement in their um, job uh, career situation. Okay, let's jump back into into death. Um, one of the things we talked about off air is this idea that you know I saw Grandma the other day, even though mm-hmm. she's passed away five yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. Does that happen or not? Um, as far as seeing grandma or a vision from grandma or something, no. We don't have any, at least we don't have any biblical evidence of that. Um, you, you do hear a lot of people say, you know, grandma can see us here from heaven or Uncle George is, you know, pleased with what we're doing now. If, if, if a person is a Christian and they're in heaven, I, we don't have any biblical evidence that they can see you from heaven. There's nothing in, in Scripture that says anything like that. Uh, and the other thing is if they're in heaven, they're united with Christ. So I don't think they would be that interested in what's going on in a fallen world when they're experiencing paradise or the Bible tells us the bosom of Abraham, which is another um, use of the word paradise or a euphemism for paradise. Um, I don't think they're going to have much interest in uh, in what's going on here on earth. And for that matter, they'll, they'll see us um, in the new heavens and the new earth. Um, we'll be reunited with our uh, our Christian family and relatives um, because uh, that's what the scriptures tell us. Interesting. So you don't you don't think that, and I know this is a little hokey, but you don't think that people that die go to heaven, come back at points to either deliver a message from God or anything like that. Uh, not that I know of. Um, and then in the uh, we have in the Old Testament that the Bible um, warns us against uh, what's called necromancy, which is calling on the dead. So there's, it's like a profane thing to to call on the dead. So no, I don't. I don't. Uh, uh, I'm not of the opinion. I don't at least have any biblical evidence that um, 
that the dead come back to visit us. Though we do have the time in Scripture when Christ was crucified, they do say that the, the tombs opened and people roamed the earth, but that's for a very brief time. Uh, but since that time, I don't know of any um, thing that would say that uh, the dead come back to visit us. So Jacob Marley, probably, probably, probably not, but a good story, <laughs> a good story nonetheless. But yeah, probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So then the, the question is, you know, with people, there's there's a lot of uh, record examples of these near death experiences or people that have seen the light or were going mm-hmm. to the light and then came back, things like that. How do you think those square with, with Scripture? Um, that's a good question. I, there's been some books published in the past. Um, I think there was a book called Heaven is for Real. I've not, I've not, heard, I've not I've heard of the book but not read the book. Uh, it's, it's the experience of a young boy that goes to says he went to heaven for like an hour or something and then he was injured or was in a comatose state and said he went to heaven and, and came back and had this vision and told told a story about what it is or what heaven is like. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know that. I've, I, I can only speak to experience. So I've never I do, I've heard her stories of people see the light or they see their body separated from their soul or they, they say they can see themselves above the operating table or above the. Uh, the hospital bed or something and then they come back to life but those are individual experiences and as we talked about last night uh, or last week um i would be cautious of individual experiences dictating your theology i'd rather c- try and keep it within the, the canon of scripture and, and and seek seek out that for uh, theological instruction um the you know we we talked about when you die you either go to heaven or you go to hell mm-hmm. um what's the transition like because at some point Heaven transitions to a new heaven and a new earth, mm-hmm. and hell transitions to the lake of fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so, are heaven and hell are they are they just essentially temporary holding places until the the final judgment? Um, that's a good question. That the 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 version of hell that someone will experience um, after the resurrection and after the final judgment it will be different because the in hell after the final judgment, you'll, your body is reunited with your soul. So we talk about the the scriptures tell us about the there'll be the hell's at a place of eternal torment um, after the resurrection. Um, so I guess it it is a different version, shall we say, of of hell because it's a it's a place where now your body is experiencing the pain that only your soul was previously, if that makes makes any sense. And for the Christian, the Christian gets to reign as as uh, uh, next to Jesus in the in the new heaven and the new earth, so it's uh, it's a very different you know it's a, it's a restored earth, it's a restored creation. Uh, that's a very interesting thing to think about is that the earth that we see now will will be destroyed, and it will be renewed. It will it will be, will be returning to the Garden of Eden. And on that on that note, um, you know people do say a lot of the times you know death is a natural part of life. Actually, death is not a natural part of life. Death is a result of sin uh, and a result of the fall of Adam. And we as as uh, Adam's descendants have that sin in us, um, but death isn't really a part. It's it, it's not a natural part of life. It's a result of sin. One of the things, what do you call in the beginning an intermediate? Step? The intermediate state is the is the place between you you dying and then your body being um, reunited with your soul at the the final judgment and the resurrection when Christ returns. Uh, and obviously, you you don't subscribe to the theory that there is a stopping place a purgatory or something on the way to heaven yeah that would kind of be in the catholic realm um there's four views of of what happens when you die and broadly speaking there's universalism which means everyone goes to heaven there's annihilationist an annihilationism which means um that basically everything ends your soul ends that's the end of everything there's the uh second probation which means you have a chance and I, i'm not sure what the back the the 
the theology of that is or what the origins of that are. Uh, second um, probation is where you have a, after dying, you have a second chance to accept Christ as Savior. And then the Catholic view of um, of death is you go to purgatory um, where your soul is cleansed and then eventually you're, you're, you achieve full holiness in purgatory and then you go to heaven. Okay. The first one, universalism, you said everybody goes... Everyone goes to heaven, and you know the, the universalists believe. Um, Wait, of these four, which ones do you subscribe to? Because um, I feel like there should be a fifth one. Yeah, th- these are the ones that I'm talking about outside of what. Oh, okay. Common Christianity. Like, forgive me. Uh, forgive sorry. me. Yeah. Now, now we're tracking together. Yeah. Okay. So these yeah. are the four outside your view. Everybody dies. Your soul immediately goes to heaven, or yep. it goes to hell. Yep. These are the four. Okay. Yep. Universalists believe everybody goes to heaven. Is this actually a true? Or is this just sort of in general, like, oh, all the nice people go to heaven? Too. Well, I think universalist, universalism believes that um, it's a form of works-based righteousness, so you'll receive a you know a higher level of heaven based on all the things you've done or not done. If you've erred in your life, um, then you don't get that. There's actually one now I think about it, studying, thinking about my philosophy and religion classes years ago in college. There's one that's kind of in between universalism and annihilationism, is, which is called annihilation of the wicked, which is where someone like Hitler or Saddam Hussein or someone who's awful, they don't get to go to heaven, but their soul is extinguished. Okay. So, And then annihilationism is just when you die. Everything's just, that's the end of that. So that would be a common... A common view for um, atheists, atheists, yeah, yeah. like yeah. Christopher Hitchens or something like that. Like, yeah, sure. that's the end of that. Okay, mm-hmm. the third, the, the third one you mentioned. What was that? That's the second probation, and I don't, I don't have much research. I was going to ask how, that, that, but that's different from purgatory. Yes, because you, there's a second chance. Uh, traditional Christianity, uh, Protestant Christianity, believes that when you, if you, if you are not um, a Christian prior to your death, that was your last chance. What second probation means that at the time of your death you are given another opportunity to accept Christ as your Savior and then go to heaven. And then in the, uh, the, the purgatory system uh, developed uh, by the Catholics uh, in the Council of Florence and the Council of Trent in the 14 and 1500s, that was when the doctrine of purgatory was, um, I won't say invented, but I would say it was created um, uh, and used by the Catholic Church. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, who subscribes to the second probationism? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Okay, I, I've, I've read about it. Um, I recently read uh, Guy Prentice Waters' book, Facing the Final Enemy, and that um, that mentioned it. But I didn't do a deep dive into into who uh, or what. Uh, what I'd group be curious to that. see how that differentiated from purgatory, because as you mentioned, purgatory is the idea of cleansing yourself so you can get to heaven. It it feels almost like a second chance. True, but in the sense of, but if you go to purgatory, and, and the Catholics out there will have to correct me if I'm wrong on this. If you go to purgatory, you are eventually going to heaven. Oh, okay. as opposed to going as opposed to going straight to hell. You've made shipwreck of your soul, and you're going straight to hell. You don't get even get to go to purgatory. Oh, okay. But it, like I said, so purgatory. Forgive I, me I, if I'm wrong on that. I guess I always thought that purgatory was like. Eh, you could go up, you could go down. You're saying no, maybe you're, you're right. not ready for heaven yet. Yeah, I, but I, but I think Catholics. If you make shipwreck of your soul, you do go. I think you go straight to hell because there's no chance for you to um, to be purged in purgatory and cleansed and then made uh, and then made uh, achieve holiness basically in purgatory and then go to heaven. Is there is there another like train of thought there where purgatory is a a place because because there there is a train of thought where eventually everybody goes to heaven. I've heard this sort of. That would be universalism, yeah, the form I, of universalism. I wouldn't necessarily call it theological, but it, it, mm-hmm. has its, it has its place in the discussion. 
is there is that kind of along the same lines of purgatory is just where you go until you're good enough to go to heaven and there is no shipwrecking your soul yeah the, the, that's what the catholics would maintain that you that you would go to purgatory even even good catholics are going to go to purgatory but the time you spend in purgatory does relate to your good works here on earth they don't believe anybody goes directly to heaven you always go to purgatory you'd have first. to check with a catholic priest on that yeah okay. i wish i knew more about um, the, the technical side of, of Catholic theology, but I but I don't, I'm afraid. Um, one of the things, I want to go back to this reference about where your body is. Mm -hmm. One of the verses, and I, I think I may have brought it up before, that I've always found unique is at the end, and I think it's in Revelation, maybe it's in Daniel, at the end times when it says, you know, the, the hell gives up its, it, its souls to be judged, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And it also talks about death and Hades and I think the seas give up there and I've always wondered about that I'm like if you drown versus if you're buried or are you like kept in different places it, it almost felt like you were segmented around that's interesting I, I'd never thought about it like that but I know for the for the Christian whether you're buried at sea because some people are buried at sea and yeah. people in the navy are buried at sea and for sometimes sure. um if you're buried at sea or you are cremated or you are buried in a grave up at green lawn here in springfield missouri um you're you're you go into the intermediate state and at the resurrection uh, you you go to the intermediate you go to the intermediate state then the res christ returns and your body is re reunited with your soul um the question is for people who are not christian is when they uh when they enter into eternity um do they face god as as um a redeemed individual or do they face god as his enemy and that's uh, that's something a person has to really uh, consider uh, in this life before uh, and prior to their death. Final question mm -hmm. on this subject is reincarnation. Mm -hmm. A lot of conversation about reincarnation. I, I assume you don't believe that people come back and live over and over and over. No, there's certainly no place in, in broader Christendom for, for anything to do with reincarnation. Um, but, um, yeah, that's there's not much, not much to say on that. I would say, and I'll quote something quickly, that for the Christian, death is... Uh, death is not a bad thing. Death to, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Um, and I'll read a quick passage here. This is from Guy Waters, um, Guy Prentice Waters' book, Facing the Final Enemy. He says, Our souls, our minds, our wills, and our affections are completely freed from the presence and influence of sin. This is at death. Sin will no longer affect our relationships with other people and with God. More than that, as Johannes Vass reminds us, we are brought from this environment of sin and misery to the perfect environment of heavenly peace and rest. Not only is sin removed from us, but we are removed from sin and all its effects and influences on our souls. So that is the best, I think, one of the best little wrap-ups um, that a Christian consider, a Christian can consider when they see death. The, the beauty of death for the Christian is that we will no longer be allowed to sin because uh, sin will not be something that uh, can function in eternity for us. Very good. Bruce the Theologian on what happens to death. We're going to be right back. We'll answer the question today, plus Attorney General Candidate, Will Scharf at 505.